I'll read uh, this short verse and then I'll open up in prayer. Uh, verses, verses 18 to 22 of Mark chapter 2. Um, and today's message is out with the old. Out with the old. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom, bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old and the worst tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is destroyed and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wine skins. Please join me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we are on the horizon of this new year, Lord, we want to start the year, and I know many of us have already done it, but on this first Sunday of the year, we just declare our availability to you and our yieldedness to you, O oh God. Lord, whatever new work you want to do in each and every one of us, Lord, it, it can't be done within an old wineskin. And so, Lord, we, we make ourselves available to you, Lord, to make us new wineskins that are able to, to carry, to contain the new thing, the new wine that you want to pour into our lives and want to pour out of us into others' lives. And we want you to be fully uh, realized and expressed through us according to your will, O oh God, uh, that we might be the vessels of honor that are truly fit for your use. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting that you said that, uh, sweetheart, you, about uh, starting, intending to do something, and, and, and not finishing it. You know, ha have you ever made a New Year's resolution that you actually managed to complete? Man, this guy got silent in here, man. That's wow. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I made, I, you know, that's why it's good to have a pause, let stuff marinate for a little bit. Have you ever made a New Year's resolution that you actually managed to complete? I want you to think about that for a sec. If not, though, you're not alone. Not by a long shot. You're not alone. I, I, I got some numbers. There are about 332-ish million people who live in America. Roughly 79% of that number around 259 million are adults 18 years and older. 
259 million. 38.5% of that 18 and up make resolutions every year. That's roughly, Lord have mercy. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. As a matter of fact, let me... Well, I, had, I didn't insert them. I had my, the pictures with the stats and everything. But I'll tell you what. Of that, of that 259 million, 9%, only 9% completed. And follow through. That means 91%, 235 million of the 259 do what Christy mentioned when she talks about getting through the Bible in a year. It's like by March, it's done. Nine, think about that. Only 9% of all those millions keep that resolution. Of those who do quit, 23% don't make it through the first week. Almost one-fourth, one-fourth don't make it through the first week. 64% don't make it to February. Man. <laughs> the most commonly broken New Year's resolutions surround making healthier choices, quitting smoking, quitting drinking, eating healthier, working out, all those things. Uh, all those things, those are the most commonly broken New Year's resolutions. So, the fact that so many people every year make these resolutions shows a desire, a want to, to make change. They recognize, they want to better themselves. We all want, recognize some things that we need to be better at. There's a better version our, of ourselves that, that needs to manifest. And yet, 91% of us who make those resolutions don't complete them. Two-thirds of us don't even make it a month in. And there's got to be a reason for that. We want to see the change. We want to see re those resolutions bear fruit and bear change in our lives. But you know, uh, there's a truth that must be acknowledged here. You know it's possible to want something but not be willing to commit to what it takes to complete it? 
Want to is important, but want to is only part of the equation, isn't it? We're not always willing to fully commit. We want the change, but we're not always willing to fully commit to it. So people give up. Their lack of full commitment to it, they lose motivation. Other priorities come in and replace the resolution. Things that are more relevant and more right now and hit home right now, all of a sudden, those things push those resolutions out of the way, you know, because these things demand your attention and you can't afford to not have commitment to address those things. And so resolutions, if they had a graveyard for New Year's resolutions, There's not enough acreage in this world to bury them all in. So here we stand on the cusp of the new year at a time when people are making New Year's resolutions. And I'm not, hey, I'm not poo-pooing your New Year's resolutions. I'm saying, you know, this isn't an anti-New Year's resolution message. I'm putting the stats out there for you to let you know. How, how infrequently people actually complete those resolutions. Hey, if you're part of the 9%, praise God. But I dare say I'm dealing with a large part of the 91% is looking at me right now <laughs> and wondering why they came here to hear this this morning. I'm not feeling very encouraged, Pastor. You're going <laughs> to... <laughs> I can get this anywhere. I can watch the news and get this feeling. So, But here's why I brought this up. You know, a lot of times these resolutions are designed to bring about a, 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 a newer or better version of ourselves. We want to add something new to our lives. You know, we're adding something new to a lot of busy, right? To add something new, it's going to have to find a way to fit within the routine that you already have. And at some point, this new, you force it in there, but there, one of the reasons why people lose the resolve of motivation is that it becomes extremely hard because you're trying to fit something new into an old wineskin, a structure that is an old wineskin. And so it's not that there's anything wrong with the new that you're trying to add. Maybe there's a step that needed to happen before you tried to add the new. Maybe there was, maybe there was a, uh, the priority should have been to let something go. You hear me today? Maybe out with the old should be an objective that we have first that we can make room for the new wine that God wants to pour into our lives. And so I want to challenge you afresh, and I'm challenging myself here afresh as well too because I've been a part of the New Year's resolution crowd. I've been a part of the it's out of here in a week. Sometimes it's out of there in a day.
So rather than adding something new to an already busy schedule, why don't we start the new year with a strategic plan to begin removing old, destructive habits and mindsets that might prevent us from stepping into what God has for us this year in 2024. You're hearing me today. So let's be out with the old. There's some things that we drug, drug around on our backs in 2023, and God got us to the end of 2023, but those old those old habits, those bad mentalities, those negative self-images, those different things, lies that we've embraced instead of the truth of God's word held us down and hindered us from going on with God and from God fully expressing his purpose and plan through our lives. And you know what? If we're going to have a different result in 2024, that old wineskin's got to go. So let's let it go. Let's let it go. And it can be scary to let things go. But I want to ask you a question. What, and I want you to ponder it. And those of you who like to journal or take notes or whatever, I want you to consider it. And I want you to answer this in your time with the Lord or in your alone time. What might you need to let go of in order to flourish with God in 2024? What might you need to let go of in order for your dreams to become a reality? I know, I know you have a firm grasp on what you can add. You know, hey, I can take a class for this. I can you know, I can do this online. I can add this skill, and, and I can do this, and I can do that. It takes time, and it spreads you thin, and it may not, you know, for lack of a, a proper strategic plan, you may be setting yourself up for failure uh, because there are things in the way that need to be let go in order for you to be free and unburdened enough to attack the things that God has put on your heart in a way that's going to produce fruit and bring you success in the Lord. Amen? And it can be scary to let things go. But I will say this. God has put this on my heart, so through me, God is asking you to let it go. He's letting you know you need to let it go for what he's got planned for you to take place in this year, in this season, in this time of your life. When Jesus said, follow me, guess what? His disciples had to let some things go in order to follow him and become his disciples. They couldn't stay in the fishing industry and follow Jesus. Right? They couldn't stay in the comforts of what they knew with their fathers, their homes, their, 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 their safe structures. They had to abandon those things in order for the new wine to be realized in their lives. They had to be, they had to be courageous enough 
to let some things go. So in Mark chapter 2, the verse that I read at the very beginning, Jesus is confronted by people who want to know why. The Pharisees' disciples, John's disciples, they're all fasting, but yours don't. The, the, the religious leadership has their disciples fast, and they fast too, but why are your disciples not fasting? And Jesus' response to their question includes these little short parables. It had to drive them mad. He didn't really go into this long exposition oftentimes. He, he hit them with this concise little snippet that it makes you think. He's really hitting them hard, and I don't know if they knew it right off the bat or not. But what he's saying still resonates today because they're operating within the old wineskins of the religious structure that they were familiar with. And Jesus is not operating within that. What he's doing is new. And that's what, he is, uh, that's what he's alluding to. His response to their question Includes the parables about fasting at a wedding, patching an old garment, and pouring new wine into old wineskins. You know, back in those days, a wedding celebration could last seven days. It was a huge affair. And during that time, there was no Fasting and mourning and all this stuff wasn't going on because this time, because of this time of celebration. These two lives becoming one. This holy ceremony of matrimony, they were going to really focus their attention on this. And this isn't a, a time for ceremony. Though, you know, these, these daily religious ceremonies, it's not a time for that. And Jesus basically said, I'm not here for religious ceremony right now. You know, what he's doing is a new thing. He didn't come, oh, good way to he didn't come to patch up the old religious system. What, what, what the new life he was bringing, the old religious system couldn't be, it couldn't have it poured into it. It would burst. It wasn't prepared to contain that. This new wine needed new wineskins, and he was doing that work in his disciples. He's doing that work in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When Christ comes into our hearts, when we yield to him and make him Lord and Savior of our lives, it's not just a decision that's happened. We become new creations. Right? We become new. We don't look at ourselves as new because we still have some old problems and issues, but we spiritually and in our in relationally with God, we are new creations. And the wine of God's new life can be poured into us. Amen. So just like Jesus' response to the Pharisees was when basically it boils down to the 
y'all are propping up an old system that's, that's an old garment, that's an old wineskin. And kudos to you if you want to keep going down that route. But the answer to your question as to why mine don't do this, hey, the groom is with them right now. It's time to celebrate. They know the good news that the Messiah is here. Christ is here, and he's going to take away the sins of the world. He's, going, he's the Lamb of God. He's going to be the propitiation for our sins, and through him we'll be reconciled to God. Our names will be written in the Lamb's book of life. There is, this is the plan of salvation of God Almighty that is taking place right here. Something that can't happen within the old wineskin, the old garment structure that's there. And you know what? Even those of us who have already been saved, that's, I believe that same principle applies. You're hoping, you're believing for God to move in your life and, 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 and to enable you to do the things and, that he has put on your heart to do. And he very well is capable of and is willing to and will do that. But he understands that there's first some things that you got to let go. Because he's, he's not going to bring new wine and pour it into an old wineskin. You can't have what God has for you and be stagnant and unwilling to let go of the old garments in your life. Because he's not, he's, not, he's not trying to patch it up. He makes all things new. And so, so I want to remind everybody here, here and whoever's listening, I want to remind you, as you are desiring and, and efforting to make changes in your life and, and, and make these New Year's resolutions, have a humble heart before God. Have a flexibleness before God to be willing to sac give him the sacrifice of praise by letting the things go that would hinder you from moving forward in the things that God is calling you to. We have to be willing to let go as much, if not more, than we're willing to grab hold of stuff. Because you know what? Your lives can become as cluttered as your house can. If you keep, if you keep collecting stuff and you don't let stuff go, what happens? What ultimately happens? It's a cluttered mess. Right? It, 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 it's, it's, it's out of control. There's a lack of order. And you don't, you know, it's hard to make, uh, uh, um, hard to make, um, that gun, I'm 54. I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard to make progress. Sometimes it's hard to make sense out of things because you, the, because the clutteredness affects your ability to figure things out, to process, to, you know, it's overwhelming, right? And so we can see that physically in our garages and houses and so forth, but the same thing could be true of our lives. We're so packed. Oh, that's a good thing to do. Oh, I like to do that. I want to do that. Oh, yeah, I need to learn how to do this. And next thing you know, you have a cluttered life that's going nowhere. 
right? Because there's too much mess in your face to deal with. You can't really make progress in a real substantive way, right? And so, and God doesn't want, God doesn't want that for us. And so he lovingly is challenging us at the time of year that we are hopeful that, that we are making these resolutions of things that we want to do to affect change in our lives. He he's, loves you enough to be telling you through me that in order for a lot of that stuff to happen, you're going to need to be willing to let go of the old wineskins because even those resolutions, the good ones, the ones that need to happen, they're not, they're not going to happen as a patchwork. <laughs> right? They're not going to happen as a patchwork. Right? It's going to take renewal, new wineskin. And God wants to do the work of making you, your life, a new wineskin so that he can put a new wine in your life. Does that make sense? And that's really what he was getting through, the message he was delivering to the, his questioners. God wants to pour new wine into your life. He wants to pour new wine, but he'll only do it if you're a wineskin that can handle it. I don't know if y'all used that verse already, but... Uh, um, I do know 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 17. Uh, I was in church for many years. And uh, didn't find out till, my goodness, till I was around 18 that uh, I may have been in the vicinity. I may have been in the house. I may have known the songs. <laughs> I may have said my amens. But I didn't bit more have a relationship with Jesus than a man in the moon. See, God wants relationship with us. The only reason those of us who know the Lord are new creations right now is because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the change that needs to happen in your life will also be made possible out of that relationship with Jesus Christ. So, you know, so if we could focus on deepening relationship, focus on, you know, more intimate relationship with the Lord where we're interfacing with him and we'd be sensitive to the things that he's putting on our hearts that he wants us to release, that he wants us to let go of, that, that he wants us to discard. Let God meet you there and obey him there because he's preparing you for glory. He's preparing you. You know, just like Jesus said, just like the, uh, 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 the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. You know, there is a season where you'll have to endure getting rid of that old wineskin. And the Lord very likely isn't going to give you the why. He's not going to show you the vision of what's going to become of it. He just wants you to focus on what he's saying to you and wants you to choose to obey him and what he's telling you to let go. 
But we know, like we sang those songs today, how the, the, the faithfulness of God. If he's telling me to let go of something, he has something better for me in store. And so you can trust him there. Um, so you have to uh, focus on being very intentional of engaging God more than you've ever had before. Around, especially around this issue of, Lord, I don't want to be an old wineskin. I don't want to be an old garment. I want to have the capacity for you to pour new wine into me. When you say, come son, come daughter, I'm going to stretch you and I want you to go this way that, you know, we'll have the capacity to be able to do it because we've let him do the work in us that he wanted to do, that we needed him to do. And because of that, we're able to walk in the way that he's calling us to. We're able to go where he's pulling us to go. No matter how scary it is, we're able to do it. And he'll pour the new wine into us to give us that ability to walk therein. So, um, but like I said, I didn't, have, I didn't know it, but I didn't have any idea that God was calling me to something more than going to church. Was calling me to do something more than, you know, going to the youth ministry and going on field trips and singing in the choir and those things. He was calling me to relationship. And he kept after me and kept after me and kept after me until <laughs> I would say uh, I thought I discovered him, but really he was <laughs> he was uh, he was um, wooing me in years before I realized what he was doing, and all the while he was trying to make himself real to me. And, 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 and wooing me to that point to where I would make him my God. He wasn't just a God I sang about. He wasn't just a God I heard preached about. You know, he, 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 he wasn't just God. He was God to me, my God, my heavenly father. Relationship with him. And knowing that he wanted to have relationship with me and that and that I needed relationship with him and Jesus provided a way for me to have relationship with him was a game changer for me. This is a relatable God. God wants to relate to me. He knows me. He wants to be known by me. He wants to be intimately involved in the daily affairs of my life. Everything I'm going through internally, he knows about it, but he wants to meet me there. That was an absolute game changer. And if you don't know the Lord here today, it will be a game changer for you. He wants relationship with you. You can be the new creation that he desires you to be and made a way for you to be in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, as I am drawing things to a, uh, I was going to say a near conclusion. 
So I don't want y'all to hold me too accountable here. I just, there's a lot of information sources feeding us information for their own reasons to try to evoke certain responses from us. But there is one information source that should take priority and take precedence over them all, and that is the Word of God. One of the things that besets us so much in our walk with the Lord is, is sometimes there's a tendency to believe things that are contrary to the Word of God. They're lies. That makes them lies, yet we believe them. And how difficult it is even when confronted with the scriptural truth that contradicts the line, usually it's about how we view ourselves, what we consider or think ourselves to be. You know, man, I'm a failure. Man, I'm ugly. Man, I'm worthless. No, no, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? You are a treasure of the Lord. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son for you. Amen? Amen? And so there are things that we feel because of our life experiences, things that happen to us, how people have treated us, uh, personal failures uh, in, our, in our failures in our personal life, professional lives or whatever. We tend to adopt these certain mindsets and attitudes and beliefs about ourselves that are contrary to the word of God. And we're going to have to have our minds renewed to the truth of God's word. We don't. You know, I don't always feel like a new creation, but by faith I am a new creation because God's word says I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's what 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, right? Therefore, if anyone is in who? In Christ. And so the question is, are you in Christ? Right? If you place your faith in him, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then you're a new what? New creation. You're not the same old wineskin you were before you met Christ. You couldn't contain the new life that Christ has for you if you were the old you, the old wineskin. But you're not an old wineskin anymore. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we need to be settled on the truth of that issue. Are you hearing me? And so that's the truth. No matter how we feel, that's the truth. No matter what anyone else says, that's the truth. It's the truth even when you are saying it to yourself. If you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're saying something other than the word of God to yourself, then you look at yourself and boldly proclaim you're a liar. You are not speaking the truth. I reject your lie. The word of God says this, and I am choosing to embrace the truth of God's word. I am not anything less than what God says I am. And if that's your battle, if that's your struggle that you tend to believe less about yourself than what God says you are, then that's one of the things that's got, that's the, that's the old that needs to be out. 
That's one of the things you need to let go because it'll hinder you from moving forward with God. God wants you to know that. And now that you know that, you've got to do something with that. <laughs> you've got to decide whether you are going to let that go. And my exhortation to you, my challenge to you, is that it should be a no-brainer. It should not even be a choice. God's saying, let it go. Then obey him there and let it go. Then sky's the limit for, 2020, for you for 2024. Um, I want to finish in a very familiar passage. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, which are uh, in line with what I've just been uh, saying the past couple of minutes. You are a new creation. So get your mind around that and settle that issue in your heart. You're a new creation when you're full of the Spirit and you are crushing it for the Lord. And you're a new creation when you're not crushing it for the Lord. <laughs> you're a new creation. Your identity in the Lord needs to be a settled issue, right? Um, there's a scripture that says a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again, right? So this Christian walk isn't about perfection. There's going to be times when you fall short. Life brings adversity. There's going to come time when you fall short. But do you have the resolve to get back up again because you, you didn't let the failure cause doubt and confusion and, and unbelief about who you are in Jesus, right? Because what he did, the salvation that we have is what he's done. And that work is complete and it's a settled issue. So a failure doesn't make you any less a son or daughter of God. A failure doesn't make you any less a new creation. Don't let the devil lie to you and don't lie to yourself in that regard. You, because you know who you are in the Lord, you own that failure before God. You take that failure to the Lord. You, you appropriate the mercy and grace of God and, and let God lift you up. You, you, you resolve that, you know what, I did do that, Lord, and I'm owning that and I repent and I ask your, I ask your forgiveness and faith. I'm getting back up and I'm getting back on the path of righteousness in Jesus' name because I am a child of the king. I am that, right? If, you just, if it was based on works, there may be cause to question that, but I am that based on the work that he has done, right? And, and that I have yielded to him and made him Lord and Savior of my life. So that's what he required of me. I failed him in this moment, but I'm going to get back up and get back on the horse, and I'm going to keep going in Jesus' name. Amen? That's the resolve. That's the endurance. That's the perseverance in the faith. Not that you are expected to be perfect, but you are expected not to give up. 
not to give in, not to turn back. Having put your hand to the plow, we're not looking back. The old wineskin is gone. I'm a new creation in Jesus. Not fully perfected, but I'm still reaching for. I'm still reaching for because God's doing a work, a maturing work in my life, and he is faithful to complete it. Amen. So let your mind be there this early in the year. There will be disappointments. There will be setbacks. There will be failures on your part. But when those things happened in 2023 and may have caused you to spiral because it caused you to be in doubt about your status with God and who you are in him and, and, and what was possible in you, let that go. That's the old wineskin that won't, that won't get you anywhere in 2024. He's got something. He's got new wine for you in 2024. And uh, uh, those old doubts and fears and unbelief, those selfish uh, ways, prideful, destructive thoughts, let those things go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's what he's calling us to, be, present ourselves to him as living sacrifices. My will is not my own. I belong to you, Lord. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So, The Lord is asking you, he's calling you to let go of some old ways, some old habits, destructive thought patterns, things that have set you back in times past. Like, let them go. You must renew your mind. Don't let the same things that held you back last year be a hindrance to you this year. Don't try to Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy your your life. Don't 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 put patches. Don't try to patch things. Put it in the discard pile. Because God is doing something new in you. He will do it. 
if you make yourself available to him and partner with him and and let him do it. He will make you the new garment that you need to be, the new wineskin that you need to be. And he will fill you. life, fill you with new wine, fill you with everything that you need for what he has for you in this new year. Each new year brings opportunity for a fresh start, a chance to let go of the old and embrace, embrace or bring in the new. Let it be said of us that we did what we needed to do to receive the new life in Christ that God has for us this year. We chose in obedience to God to let go of old prideful behaviors, self-centered comforts, sin, we chose to let it go. And instead of asking God to do patchwork, we let it go so he can make new garments out of us. That is my prayer for you, and that is my challenge to you as we start this new year. Not, not I'm pointing at you, but to all of us, because that's the challenge that I have before God. Uh, as well. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Hallelujah. And I hope that this word ministered to you today and was edifying to you and relevant and needful at this time of your life. I say hope, I hope it is, but, but God gave it to me, so by faith I know it is. Maybe not to everybody, but enough here. <laughs> you know, if this if there is a conviction, if there's, you know, if, if you're deep in thought, if you felt challenged here today, then you can't do nothing with this. You're going to have to engage God with this. Not just in this moment, but you need to engage God with this daily. Bring this to God. God, I want you to bring conviction into my life. I want into my heart about what it is I need to let go of. What patchwork system, what old system am I asking you to put patches on that you want me to really let go of because you want to bring a new garment? 
into my life that can handle the new wine you want to pour into my life. Heavenly Father, I entrust you, everyone here, I entrust them to you and to your faithful care. This is your word, O oh God. Everyone that's here and who's listening to us, Father God, they're here by your divine will and providence. They're not here by accident. This, this was not a word. It was a word for each and every one of them. And each and every one, Father God, has to engage you around the issue of what this word speaks to them and what it, and, and what it means to them and, and the significance it carries for their lives. And Lord, because I know you are faithful, I know you are true, let your Holy Spirit do that work in their hearts to bring the conviction necessary for them to come to that place where they're engaging you around that issue and, and they're hearing, they come to hear you clearly and they surrender and yield to you in every place that is needful for them to and, and they let go. of the old garments so that they might be blessed with the new in Christ Jesus. Yes, we pray in Jesus' name and we give you thanks and glory, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. God bless you. I love you guys so much, and uh, really carry this word with you, and I want you to really engage God in your prayer time, your quiet time with the Lord, and as you are in the word, start this year off with that question, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you requiring of me? And be willing to let go the old so that you might be blessed with the new. Love you guys. God bless you. Y'all have a great week.